0: Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode
1: three. This week's episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, the place for amazing pin collectibles. See all the pins and collectibles they have to offer at fansets.com and stay tuned for this week's special Five-Year Mission, the podcast discount code. Fansets, we are Star Trek. Oh, five,
0: two, three, by now you've figured out that this is a Five-Year Mission podcast.
1: Oh what do you know? (laughs) Welcome to episode three of Five Year Mission the Podcast. We've lasted three episodes, so it's always a good sign. Today, we are going to be continuing something from another network that we did quite a few years ago, but then we all got lazy and busy. Uh, There was a string of episodes over on the Tricorder Transmissions Network uh, entitled, What Are Little Songs Made Of? It was where we covered the background of each and every song in order that we have done so far. We covered all of year one. So tonight, we're going to continue What Are Little Songs Made Of? over here on the Trek Geeks Network on Five Year Mission, the podcast. Tonight, we are going to be starting with the first track off of Year Two, which is the Galileo Seven. Awesome opening track, written, of course, by my guest tonight, Mr. Noah Butler. And we are also joined by my co host, Mr. Mike Rittenhouse.
0: And we're joined by Andy Fark.
1: Oh, yeah, myself. Hi, I'm Andy Fark. I'm your host, one of the hosts. For five-year mission, the podcast, but I am the most talkative of talking about of the bunch.
2: Yes, he is.
1: That's why I make the not big bucks. So you watched the episode today, Andy, in preparation. Season one, episode seventeen, the Galileo Seven. I was at work, and I basically just listened to the episode. I would switch over to the to my other screen every now and then. And just to see Especially just to see Ferris come in All annoyed Sure that's not Episode 16 It's episode 17 According according to Netflix Interesting But it's also because They start off season one With the cage Like on the DVDs Do they? They do Okay <laughs> Are you trying to Prove me wrong? Are, are we Are you already Doing the Corrections and Retractions Portion of the <laughs> show
0: Right now? <laughs> Anything I can do to save myself some work later?
1: Uh, Right. So you don't have to go back through and record a twenty-second thing.
2: So Annie, I think you bring up um, a kind of a central theme in 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 the Galileo Seven episode. By the way, I I I keep wanting to call it G Seven because that's how it's written on our set list every time we've ever played it. So I just want to call it G Seven. But and that's that's annoyance. Like everyone is annoyed in that episode. Oh, absolutely. Everyone is annoyed. And especially at Spock, but there are, I forgot how Ferris is also annoyed.
1: Yeah, well. well, yeah, everybody's Fe- annoyed. Fe- Ferris is annoyed with Kirk. Kirk is annoyed with Ferris. Uhura is annoyed with just the situation in general. And, and on the planet, everybody's annoyed with Spock. Oh, especially Boma.
2: Oh, Boma, he's, yeah. He's, even, even Spock is annoyed.
1: Spock is annoyed mainly because he tries to work through all the problems in his first command with logic. But he's like... This can't be right. I I did every logical step, and for some reason, it didn't work. It's like sometimes you kind of gotta kind of go with feeling. You gotta be a little irrational sometimes.
2: But in the end, he 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 does it though. He's the one who who saves the day.
1: Yeah, oh. he, he he starts jettisoning the fuel, which has which has been used as a plot point in a few Star Trek episodes, like throughout all the different series. Which I think is always uh, mm. a hilarious. Yeah, I just I just watched
2: back. the uh, Deep Space Nine episode where um, uh, Quark and and his brother and his nephew are traveling to Earth, mm-hmm. and they have they've smuggled some sort of something on there. Yeah, and and, oh, and they, the g- right they go back in time and
1: no, land on Earth they in the forties or something. Cousin Gala. That's yeah. right.
2: But they have to jettison whatever this highly volatile substance is to right. to like get them back in the right time. I'm, I'm sure
0: it's some kind of tachyon or <laughs> chronoton something or other. I forget it I I
2: need, oh, we need my to look at profits. Do we have a fact checker on the show at the end? They'll come back in the
1: Mike goal. does. Have you not listened to the podcast yet, Noah?
2: Uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not really into Star Trek podcasts. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: we were just discussing like four or five podcasts <laughs> in length when we went out to dinner before this. Was,
2: was I on one of those? One of the no. Previous, you, one you, of the previous podcasts? Have I yeah, on you one? were on episode one. Was I on episode one? Yeah. Okay. And zero. And which one is this? Yeah. This is three. Okay. Yeah. You missed one. Yeah. yeah you, but no, you missed you,
1: two. Episode two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the Galileo 7. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, how did you... I know, obviously, with the, with the way that we write these songs, I should say you four, because I've only written three songs for the band, and I know I kind of stole your guys' process, but basically, you watch the episode a few times, take some notes, like, what What initially got you started on the road to getting started With the Galileo 7 Like what's the thing That kind of stuck out Do you remember
2: Uh, From the episode
1: Yeah from the episode
2: Uh, Yeah what stuck out From the episode Was Was everybody Giving Spock Such a hard time And And Spock Has always been My favorite And Can always do no wrong And in this particular episode Even when he is Maybe a little bit Not taking into consideration The human feelings Of everybody else I'm still kind of sticking up for him, and and you know, like oh, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna take care of this. He's He's got this. Leave him alone. Just just stop stop giving him such a hard time. (laughs) And that that was really like the central kind of idea that came out of it was that you know you you had to believe in Spock that he was gonna get it done, and he does get it done. And and so many people doubted him, especially Boma, which is why the entire bridge of the song is just about Boma being such a contrary. butthole, you know, <laughs> to him, like really unnecessarily so. Like, oh, like yeah. there's and, plenty and of people who sort of like maybe weren't 100 percent on board with what Spock was doing, but he was just like on him all the time and just constantly. really antagonistic and disrespectful and dis- <laughs> in some disrespectful ways, and yeah.
1: super disrespectful yeah. ways.
2: <laughs> he just didn't recognize his rank, you know, and. Can't follow orders. Can't follow he needs orders, to
0: think. Yeah,
1: but most, the, most of the time,
0: <laughs> all of the information I have about the Galileo Seven, <laughs> I get from the 5 <laughs> song. <laughs> but
2: at the same time, I have been in Boma's situation where you have a a a boss or a superior that you don't agree with philosophically, and right. you know they're making decisions that you don't agree with, and and you you feel like. If you don't speak up, that it's, it's you know... Then you're you, going to die. That something's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, hopefully it, w- it wasn't that situation. Um, so I do feel like, but, like, he, he just was relentless, I feel like. At least that's what I took away from it at the time. When, But as far as, uh, I'll jump back to that sort of songwriting process, because I answered this in an interview a little while ago. Um, I think I'm a little different than everybody else, where, like, I, I always have the music first. I just, I always have...
0: A song without lyrics. Yeah, you you have a lot of demos where yeah. you have the music and you're just like making up nonsense words. Yeah,
2: just just singing random the, syllables the, the, that the sort follow of follow kind of a the, vocal yeah, pattern.
0: Yeah, or follow a, a melody
2: of some kind. Um, but I also I will only unlike I think everybody else, I only watch the episode once.
1: Really? Yep.
2: I only watch it once, and then I go straight for any follow up. I go to a, to a transcript. Um, it's just easier for me to like, like I watch it more for, the, I think, the one time for the visuals and, and, and the feeling to see what jumps out. But then I'm, I'm more interested in like dialogue and, and to not have to like uh, actually waste another hour of my life going back through and watching the episode again. <laughs> I can just go to the transcript and go to that one part that I wanted to like take another look at and see what what did everybody say, what was happening there and it's just it's quick it's a quicker, more efficient way to now, have get you, have back to you pulled to up
1: that. transcripts for episodes before for, for other songs too? That's what I do
2: every time. Yeah. Really? Yeah, every time. It's like it's like one
0: watch and then it's straight to the transcripts. Actually once Noah told me that he did that I actually started doing that also. <laughs> I would go look at the transcripts because it, it, it clarifies a lot of things. Like, I mean, spellings for one. Uh, yeah. But like maybe in, in a scene, you like you remember the way they said some things, even though you just watched it. But if yeah. you look at the transcript, like you're like, oh, actually, they said it this way.
1: Just like, to kind of clarify mm. some wording and yeah. things like that. Especially yes. if you, if, Especially if it's a line that really jumps out, you want to get the exact wording so people aren't, Calling you out like super nerds, which has happened multiple (laughs) times.
2: But sometimes I feel like sometimes I start to question the way the actors have made the pronunciation based on what I see in the transcript. It's like, that's not how you say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I I was noticing today when I was rewatching it, they say quasar like three different ways in that episode. They like stress a different syllable they'll, they'll turn like a soft A into a hard A mm-hmm. It's like Can we get some continuity here In <laughs> pronunciation here guys
0: The Quasar
1: Yo, yeah that's what, the, that's what Boma called it was Quasar The Quasar And Kirk, Kirk, Kirk <laughs> Yeah Kirk called it a Quasar Boma, Boma called it a Quasar uh, And then I believe Somebody else actually called it a Quasar <laughs> Like put like a More of a S on the S Quasar <laughs> it's, a, it's a very delicate Spanish dish <laughs> from the lower regions of Barcelona.
2: <laughs> and I think uh, that this episode was probably not one that as a kid watching it that really probably excited me because it was a lot of grown-ups just talking and, yeah. and not a lot of action. The, you know, the the best parts when I was a kid were you know the the big giants and throwing actions, spears, yeah. And, you know
1: um, the ape like creatures, the, yeah.
2: Whatever, yeah. Whatever they were uh, throwing rocks and spears and stuff. That, but so it, it it is interesting to see these in a whole, you know, in the in the yeah. adult
1: light again. Yeah, because I mean, the first time you probably saw it, you were probably what like eight or nine years old, and then going back and watching it like thirty years later. To like write this song, you're like, this is way more in depth than I really remember it it being.
2: Way more intellectual (laughs) I was capable of when I was eight years old.
1: Well, that's that's the thing about a lot of episodes, though. It's like you watch like stuff from like next gen when you like while you were a kid while it was on, and then you go back through and be like, wow, there was a lot more to this episode than I remembered. And same thing with like TOS. I mean, like a lot of the episodes I probably would have been that like would have been my favorite as a kid are now like probably in like the bottom 15 TOS episodes for me. And like a lot of the ones that I thought were boring when I was a kid are like, in like probably in my top five or even 10, like the stuff like that could like conscious of the King. Yeah. It's like, once you realize that's like so Shakespearean and everything, it's like now I get where they were coming from.
2: Now on a side note, this interview that I was doing the other day, um,
1: for Star Trek dot com, Star Trek coming up very com. soon.
2: I was reminiscing back when I was a kid and watching watching the original series in, in syndication. And I remember I had never seen the Corbomite maneuver. Like I'd, I'd I i had not seen it yet because it was mm-hmm. just whatever random mm-hmm. episode came on that. Until night. last week. <laughs> until <laughs> until last week, yeah. Now Patrick's song makes perfect sense. <laughs> At the end of the episode, you know, they're always... During the credit rolls, they're always showing scenes from previous episodes. Yeah. And so they always
1: show... Like the quick little stills, yeah. yeah. So
2: they always show the still of that big head, you know, the big alien the head.
1: Clint Howard fake-out head.
2: The Cl- Clint Howard fake-out head, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like... I asked, you know, asked my mom, who was the only one who knew anything about Star Trek, I was like, what is that? Like, what what is that? What is that? What episode is that? I want to see. You know, I was so... Like enamored with that creepy looking head, and I wanted yeah. to see it so and bad.
0: How, how old were you? Like eight. Okay. And I was gonna say like twenty four. If, <laughs> if, if if you were like eleven or twelve, I don't know why your favorite <laughs> image <laughs> no. at the end wouldn't be Orion Slave Vena. Or Yeah, no, this is
2: <laughs> b- far before that. Uh, and so then when I finally did see the Corbinite Mover, I was like. This is this episode is really boring. When is that creepy guy gonna do something creepy and cool? And it was like he was in it for
0: you know the, the puppets in like two five scenes five minutes right. of
2: the entire episode. And I was like, Oh, this is,
1: Come, this drink is highly with me.
2: disappointing. <laughs> was that a
1: good was that a good tiny Clint Howard laugh?
2: No, you your voice is way too deep.
1: Was it? Yeah. Well, it wasn't his actual voice, though. I no, know, no, but, but it wasn't that
2: deep. deep.
0: Yeah. Oh, it
1: wasn't that deep? Oh, no, man. I need to go back and watch that episode so I can get my weird Clint Howard voice down. I'm working on impressions now. Yeah,
0: you still need to work on, on your.
1: My you, Scotty you, slash no, Miles yeah, O'Brien. Your, your
0: Miles O'Brien. You got Scotty down great. <laughs> it, yeah, as even long though I'm trying. trying to miles.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Show Noah. Do one. Wait, which, which one? Am I try, do, tr- trying to do the do, Miles? Do
0: a Miles so he can hear Scotty.
1: Julian, let's go over to Quarks and play some darts. <laughs> Come on, that was that was actually a pretty decent Miles that no, time. No, that's, that's, that's too that's yeah, way too sketchy. Julian, yeah,
0: yeah. Julian. No, the the key to doing Quark's Miles. Quarks and play
1: some darts. The key, darts.
0: The the key to doing Miles is the word appreciate. Appreciate. You got say. Appreciate got Yes, say. I I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. That's it, pretty good, though. That's not <laughs> where'd I you got hey, see me. where you're going with that. See
1: I, just, see, I just went into Scotty. I was about to say, where would you get all those self-sealing stem bolts? <laughs> have you got? Have you gotten that far? Yeah. Noah? Yeah. Okay. I, I saw the self-sealing stem bolts. Boy,
2: I, I had to say that slow. Self-sealing stem bolts episode. Yes, I saw that one.
1: So, hey, Galileo 7. <laughs>
0: yeah, how about the Galileo 7? <laughs> I don't Mike, Mike, you haven't talked much yeah, about the Galileo Seven. So. I I don't think that I actually saw the Galileo Seven until my obsessive Star Trek watch. Yeah, me either. Of 2007.
1: It was more like 2009 for me. Um, <laughs> when I, when I borrowed your DVD sets.
0: Yeah, I, I talked about it in the first episode when mm-hmm. I I think when I got like kind of obsessed and watched everything. But uh, I don't think that I actually saw that episode until then. So I saw it as an adult. Okay. For the first time. So I was very entertained by the the giant guys thro- <laughs> throwing spears at the shuttlecraft. Yeah I, don't th- I don't they are, yeah,
1: I don't think they ever actually named them. I think they just called them ape like creatures and they were sort of like something that they found on another planet. Yeah. but more, But more gigantic.
0: I also was very, like, I think this episode suffers from some of the early Star Trek inconsistencies. Like, if you watch all of Star Trek and, like, especially the later stuff and the new movies and everything, like, there's no way that that's Spock's first command mission. Like, I mean, that's basically what they're saying, right? This is his first mission where he is in command.
1: Maybe... well, I mean, we because at that point, I think we've seen him like left in charge of the bridge before. Mm-hmm. I think I, th- I think this time around, it was like his first command away mission.
0: That just still seems it does seem it does seem impossible. Oh, he's, he's the yeah. first officer yeah. of the flagship of the Federation. But and so And he's been on that ship since Pike was in charge. How, is he, how has he not had at least one away mission where he was in command? That's, that's a good point.
1: Well, I mean, he also had a brother and a sister that <laughs> he never mentioned <laughs> no, until we he met them. And then... That's oh, not canon. Oh, you hush. <laughs> I will come over there and fight you right now with fists. But then we also didn't didn't hear about his parents until they were coming on board. And that was in TOS. Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, you're what?
0: And another he, he another. came from parents,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? This green, this big pointy-eared hobgoblin. It
2: would be interesting to go back and watch this sixteen fit whatever episode, sixteen episodes before this one, to see like,
1: did if he, there was did ever did he really reference.
2: not like go have some sort of away team where he was in charge? Like,
0: maybe he didn't. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if you're going with only within the episodes of the series, this is his first like command, the, but but right. I'm, but I'm <laughs> even
2: doubting that that's what I'm saying like i, I'm, I know. I'm even doubting within those previous sixteen episodes that he didn't like wasn't in charge of an way team
1: well, he didn't he didn't correct them well, yeah, he, because I, because McCoy McCoy said that it must be exciting because it was his first command, yeah, and he didn't correct him, so.
0: Maybe he's just like, you dumbass <laughs> yeah. country doctor. Maybe it would have been <laughs> illogical for him to have... Stick to your sprays, <laughs> you moron.
1: Whoa, what, are you going to wave your salt shaker over me again?
0: <laughs> I'll shift over to, to when we
2: when we first put out year two and we first started playing that song live. Yeah. Um, We had this this brilliant idea (laughs) of, of starting the show with it. It was the first song on the album so it was start the show with it. Yeah. But we want to do this sort of like dramatic entrance, dramatic (laughs) entrance (laughs) where, you know, Andy gets it, gets on stage and starts playing the, the introduction drum beat, you know, and he can just play it for a while. And then Michael, you know, slowly saunter on stage and pick up the bass and, you know, start start laying in the bass line, you know, and, and have that go for a while. And then, you know, Patrick come on and start making some feedback noises and that sort of thing. And Chris would come on and stand there at the keyboards and look pretty. <clears throat> and keep, then, keep in mind that
0: this is the album release show. Right. And no one has ever heard this song before.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: And then I was going to come on last and...
2: Yeah, you know, strap on the guitar and
1: start into that opening riff,
2: start into that opening riff. And then it,
1: you know, it was,
2: it was awesome at practice. It was so good at practice. Oh, It
1: worked so well. We thought it was amazing.
2: And so, and help me, cause I don't know if I even remember all of this right, but I, I think I put on my guitar and kind of, you know, was getting, getting the, trying to get the levels right. And then like realized that no, like there was no sound, like the the, the chord was bad or something <laughs> yes. like I could. I had no sound coming from the guitar at yes, all. Something was something wrong. had gone wrong. So <laughs> they had already That's been on right. stage for a while, like playing. The, yeah, the, like the, a good three or four. The, the drums. No, the it wasn't that long. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was probably like a minute time. and a half,
1: if even. And so
2: there I am scrambling then to like go backstage and find another chord and change out the chords just to see if that was the problem. And it, And it turned out it was. Um, But I, you know, it it lost all its drama at that (laughs) point because I'm sitting here trying to get the guitar to work. So then I I plug in the guitar, finally get it to work. It's been like 20 minutes.
0: (laughs) It it felt like 20 minutes. Way, way, way
2: longer than it should have been. And I go to hit the first, like, opening chords... And immediately break a string. Like <laughs> yep. and immediately like break the E string. Like the most like the string where like nothing is going to sound good without that string just immediately snaps on like the first chord. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point I have no choice but just to continue just hacking away and playing the song with this string that's like mm. draped and dangling over the other five strings. And I don't know how we. we
1: not even in, not even into the first verse of the song.
2: Yeah, it, it was like the, the <laughs> first time I touched it, like the yeah. first stroke of the chord, just
1: snap. Everything you touch turns to <laughs> Noah.
2: And and because of that, I don't think we ever did it again. <laughs>
1: No like, we like actually maybe. we we opened with it a few times. I don't I don't think we ever did the dramatic yeah, yeah. walk on one at a time opening thing we, ever again. We should though. bring well, that. Back. You know it's time Let's for it not back. Bring yeah, that back. Sweet. We, we got to do that the next show. Yeah, next show. That'll jinx Noah into like having nah. a fucked up chord. <laughs> Just test and your break guitar beforehand. Yeah,
2: no no it's you know we we got to break the curse. The only way you break the curse is you keep doing it. <laughs> right? Sure. Whatever. It'll be fine. All right so <laughs> for the for the three listeners who are listening to this, if you happen to be at the next show, you know where the idea came from. You know, you know what's going to happen, and you'll see. You'll you'll be the witnesses to
1: see if it works or
2: if it's forever cursed.
1: And if we don't do it, call us out on it.
2: Yep, call us out,
1: fakers. Do you remember anything about when we recorded this? Like any kind of weird changes that we made while we were still in the studio?
2: Well, I I don't think I think that the the big long scream at the beginning. Which who did that? Did you that do that? Me. That was me. Okay. I couldn't remember if you did it or Patrick
1: Patrick did it. That was remember. me. I'm the I'm the I'm the big long scream in the very beginning and I'm the woo in the background.
0: Patrick That's does right. it when we play, when it we play it live. 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 Yeah. yeah.
1: Because um, doing that big roll in and like like that like my diaphragm just goes all wonky. Yeah. And it would just come out as <laughs> if I were to do it live. <laughs> I've tried a few times and it it did not sound good. Uh, so
2: I, I know that was a la- I know that was a, uh, a a later addition to the song. I know that wasn't yeah. like originally envisioned. And in the woo, which I which is like one of my favorite parts in the song, <laughs> like that was not you know originally envisioned. Which which
1: wound up being as being part of the video cutaway. In the uh, video that we shot for it,
2: that's right, that's
0: right.
1: <laughs> just it goes, just the space background, big yellow letters, and the, tre- the Trek, the font, <laughs> and it says "Woo!" <laughs> Thank you, Ric Flair, for that idea.
0: <laughs> One thing I, I remember in putting the song together in the studio was arguing over whether or not to keep the counts in.
1: Yeah, the oh, the hi hat counts and the stick yeah. counts because I was like, that sounds really weird. Yeah,
0: because you you didn't like that we were leaving it in. No. Um, but I I liked that it made the song sound really um, flowy, or- organic. Like, yeah, it just felt like you know M-
2: Mike's a big fan of keeping a few of those stick clicks and hi hat things in because yeah. it makes it feel more organic. I know you. I know we've yeah. had that conversation many times. So I don't remember. Um, it's been a long time since I've listened to the song. It, like, like did li- we? Keep, did we keep? Yes, Finney? they, they, are, yes. In yes. they yeah. are. in there. Okay. I,
1: li- I I listened to it today just to just to remember little moments in it and try to think back to the studio. Did
2: we
0: keep everyone or did we just? I, was it just like th- every single one? Yeah, okay. th- throughout the song. Okay. I I I exercised my executive <laughs> producer and engineer role and just <laughs> left it in, and no one could really make me not. And
2: uh, let me, let me give you some insight into the recording process there of year two as
0: well. Um, with those, what's funny about it, uh, is that the song is actually combined of two separate takes. And in one of them, Andy uses the hi hat for counting, and in the other one, he uses his sticks. Uh, and that's why, in part of it, he he counts on the hi hat, and part of it, he uses the sticks. Yeah, the the
1: the only the only stick clicks, the one, two, three, four clicks, uh, from the sticks is is right before the bridge. Mm-hmm. The bah- nah, 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 nah. yeah, yeah.
0: And on on the other take, you used the hi hat on that, but and you know because it was from two separate takes, and we cut them together. It sounded very purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Andy. <laughs>
2: Thanks. Way to way to sh- way, way to
1: make things different, you know. I'm 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 nothing if not a team player.
2: Well, that like the that year two recording process when we were, and it is amazing that we were able to pump out year one and year two like within in, two years.
1: Within in, two in, years, really
0: like, in in a year because. I mean, year one, we were recording, and we put it out in November, mm-hmm. and then we had year two out the next November. The next November. Yeah. And we already had most of the songs written by the time year one came out. Yeah. That's it's true. just amazing that we did that. But I think we were we were
2: recording in... In my house, in my mm-hmm. living room studio, um, <laughs> which has a great room sound. I, I, oh, it totally I, does. I, I love like the, the
0: the drum sound that we got mm-hmm. on on year one and two. I I love the the room sound that that had. I actually miss recording there. I <laughs> I really like that the best of all the places we've recorded.
2: Yeah, it yeah. was it was good. And then and then of course, we also like I just gave Mike a key to my house, so yeah. he, he could just come over. Anytime he wanted and shower, shower, (laughs) eat my food uh, and mix. You mixed occasionally, right? Sometimes I would (laughs) sleep on your couch. (laughs) That's right. I remember those days. (laughs) So much more uh, flexibility in our
1: schedules. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: When when we were recording and especially when we were mixing year two, I had two jobs.
1: That's right. Because because you ran Hero House, which we're recording in right now. And you also worked a really crappy overnight hotel yeah, desk job. I worked third
0: shift at a La Quinta, <laughs> and so I basically got like three hours of sleep each day. Yeah, and and what I would—that's <laughs> not an exaggeration. <laughs> what I would do is I would I would work overnight at the hotel. I would go to Noah's house. And spend all morning, like, mixing and recording or whatever. And then I would go to work at Hero House. And then I would go home and sleep for three hours and then go and do it all again. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, and I he's still alive. I'm still alive. I,
1: st- I still remember you were super happy when you wound up. I could. Did you quit or get fired from La Quinta?
0: <laughs> I just wasn't scheduled anymore.
1: That's right. You're not good enough for a third shift front desk job at a La Quinta in, in a tiny suburb of Indianapolis.
0: Anyway, back, back to... <laughs> Podcasting! Back to recording in your living room, Noah. <laughs> Those were
2: good times, though. So we have recorded in... Year one and year two were in my living room. And Tribbles. And Tribbles. And Tribbles, yeah. Were, were at my house. Year three was in my basement. Year three was in your basement. Mm-hmm. Spock's Brain in Year Spock's Four. Spock's Brain and Year Four
1: are both in Patrick's basement.
2: Patrick's basement. A- and your hero, hero, hero house. Yeah, really. Yeah.
1: We pretty
0: much only did the drums Yeah. a lot of times and some, some guitars. Some and guitars. Stuff, but we did a lot here. So I, I remember mm. back when we were working on Year One and everyone was kind of starting to write songs for year two. I came over to Noah's house and got there a few minutes early before practice. And he's like, I got something to show you. And so we sat on his couch and he, he pulls out his beat up old acoustic and he starts playing Galileo seven and like he's playing the chords for me. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And then he starts singing, like the, the some of the lyrics he had, and he plays like through a verse and chorus, and I'm just like, like I, I didn't literally crap my pants, but <laughs> I was like,
1: you figuratively crap. Yes, yeah,
0: I, I, I was like, <laughs> Noah has just upped the bar for this entire album because you know
1: it's the opening track. Yeah, it's 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 a hell, it's like a hell of an opening track. I think it's I think it's, I think it's my favorite opening track mm-hmm. thus far.
2: I, I have no memory of that. Like I, I don't you don't remember, remember that, that at all. You don't
1: remember Mike crapping on your couch. Well, yes, figuratively. After pulling your penis out. <laughs>
0: figuratively. And oh, then,
2: and literally. Um, <laughs> but that was a different time.
0: Uh, <laughs> the, but no, no, I don't. I don't remember playing the song. I mean, I'm sure I did. Yeah. But I, you you did, and, and I was just I was blown away by it, and I was. I was like, man, my, I, I got to work harder on my songs. They're, they're not good enough. And so, I, I mean, you kind of challenged me to make my songs better than they were because I, I think I was kind of half-assing it, starting to phone it in. I figured out how to phone it in by year three. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, because with, uh, with year two, when Mike's talking about stepping up his game. Let's see, wait, what did you. Uh, I can't remember. What are songs?
2: Mike's, song Mike's,
1: Mike's year two songs were Arena. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, the Taste of Taste Armageddon. Of Armageddon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aaron of Mercy. Mercy, which, okay. Yeah, yeah. Operation, yeah. Right. Annihilate. And Operation Annihilate.
2: <laughs> Operation Annihilate was more. Of crazier,
0: Andy. Crazier.
1: <laughs> so crazy.
0: <laughs> it was experimental. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the. No, you're right. O- that may be the only song mm-hmm. now that we've never played live. Operation Annihilate.
2: Yeah, we've we never played we never that. Played we've it,
0: never no. played that one. We've well, played we around was. at practice. We played a around at times, practice, but okay. we've
1: never played it live. Well, we need to remedy that, even though it's even though it's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, also, I remember when we were working on
0: the on Galileo Seven um, at practice and coming up with various parts. Um, like I, I played bass on several songs on the first album, and I mean, my bass lines mm-hmm. are usually uh, they're not like I mean, I, I think my bass lines are usually pretty complex, yeah,
1: um, yeah. yeah. In,
0: in comparison to some of the other bass players in the band.
1: And, <laughs> and uh, and in case everyone forgets, everybody but me in the band also plays bass,
0: <laughs> um. But I mean everybody comes up, they all they all have their own style, but mine always tend to be very busy. Yes. On the first yeah. album, my my bass lines weren't too crazy. I think Mantrap had some of the most uh creative things. But I uh, with Galileo seven, like I came up with something so outside of the box for me mm-hmm. as far as bass goes. And I, I'm still proud of that bass line. I I love playing. Oh, it's it. a great, it's bass a line. great It That's a great line. groove yeah. to it. And uh and I'm just, you know, I, I was really excited when I, I was, I think I was playing along with the demo and I came up with it and I came to practice and played it. And I, I remember, I think you were pretty pleased with it. Yeah. Which is why I love that the whole idea of like you and
2: Andy, like <laughs> opening, s- opening and starting <laughs> that. Cause you just get to hear that bass line go for a while, which, you know, like Unless you're like really into bass lines and really listening to it, like it's it's not it's awesome, but it's not mm-hmm. the prominent yeah, thing. You,
0: you might not pick it you out, pick when it you're out listening right? To the song. Especially
2: if you're not like that's what, what
0: what you're looking for.
1: But now, thanks to this podcast, people are going to go back and listen to they that will. song Let's and pay attention so. to the bass Let's line. hope line. so because and is, witness the it genius of Rittenhouse
0: badass. classic Rittenhouse,
1: classic, classic bass in <laughs> house. <laughs>
0: Well, the, I, th- I think these what are little songs
2: made of? Like, there's a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, I, I th- always th- that was
2: one of my favorite. Like, yeah, I love that idea, um, and it's it's one of the one of the things I think we should do.
0: I felt like when we went through the songs on the first album, uh, on the Tricorder transmissions, we. I, I felt like we didn't spend enough time. Like each one was only like four or five minutes, yeah, or whatever. And yeah. and I, I, you know we like we're like, well, let's move on to the next one. And I'm like, but I've got like 20 more minutes of stuff to talk about about this <laughs> <You did>. song. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, <laughs> another live another experience. live
2: experience with Galileo Seven to show you just how badass not only <laughs> this wait, song is, wait. but Mike's bassline. Speaking of Mike's bassline, how fantastic his baseline we, is. We,
0: we need to set the
2: scene yeah, first. Yeah, go
0: ahead, go ahead. So we're, And
2: I'm going to interrupt with some details that you're probably going to leave out. But yeah, go, this, go
0: this, this is Gen
1: Con. I'm not even sure what they're talking about. <laughs> this,
0: this, is, this is Gen Con, I believe, 2013. So they ask us to play at this event for Gen Con that they're holding in an arcade in, <laughs>
1: in in uh, the Circle Center Mall. I d- I'm not saying ugh because of the arcade. I'm ughing about yeah. the parking.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, that's, we'll get that's, to that. That's why I want to set the scene. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're all, you know, we're excited. You know, we get our set list together. We're playing with a band called uh, Band of Orcs. Yes. Yep. yep. And uh, apparently they. Dress in like full like
1: full, full or- like, or- like, battle like, armor, like,
0: war level costumes with like all this stuff. It's amazing looking. Yeah, and so it's um, like, and it's just like scream core, metal, black metal. Yeah, like. yeah. So this is at, at an arcade. So they've like made room in the arcade and they've they've erected a stage, and you know, and like several people showed up to it. It was in the evening. It was like. You know, eight o'clock at night or something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we get there, and there's there's parking in the bottom of Circle Center,
1: Circle Center Mall, which yeah. is in the heart of downtown Indianapolis. Yes,
0: yes. Um, sorry for for people who aren't from Indianapolis. Who are local? <laughs> sorry, locals only
1: podcast listeners. Uh,
0: and so, you know, we all arrive at this place where we're parking, and we pull in, and we're like. What is that smell? Like before you even get out of the car and your windows are all rolled up, you pull in, you can
1: already smell it. There were th- there were 3 restaurants that all shared like this weird parking garage area that also had all of their dumpsters in there. Like I had a shirt inside my car that I had to throw away by the end of the night because the smell of the dumpsters had soaked in through my closed windows mm-hmm. in my car.
0: So, yeah, we're, we're get, we get out of our cars, and we're getting our gear out, and we're like, oh, my God. It's, it's like gag level. Yeah, it was, it was, it was disgusting. Was, it was so bad
2: and so like strong. It, like, like you, you could taste breathe. it. And it was August, so it was like yeah. hot, humid, yeah. Yeah. Hot already garbage. hot garbage. Just, Literal
1: hot just garbage.
2: Literally breathing in the, the fumes of hot garbage. So we hurry to
0: the, to, to the, the lift you really British
1: yeah <laughs> the we hurry to the lift <laughs> and <laughs> sorry it, it was a freight lift
0: yeah a freight lift <laughs> so uh, we hurry to this thing and we, we we're in it and we're like oh god we're got you know let's get out of this, this parking garage and we're riding it up and the smell does not go away. Nope. It's in, the, we, it's in yeah, the. It's in the. We're, it's in the. It's in the elevator we, with we, it. Yeah, we're like ah, and we, 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 and we get to the top. We write this thing is on like the top level of this mall, and we get all the way up there, and we get out, and the smell is still there. So you know, we we take all of our gear in, we get it set up, and I mean, the whole place stunk at like this garbage. Yeah, I, I don't know what was I don't their, know how they stayed in business. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know what their problem was, but I hope they fixed it by now. <laughs> So oh, they, they
1: have. I've, I've I've been back there since. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't it smell did, like it hot garbage the last not, time I was there. Yeah. It smelled, smelled like popcorn and small children. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so we play
0: this show there, and I mean you know there's a decent crowd, yeah. um, and we I think Galileo Seven was about halfway through our set list, mm-hmm. and uh, we get to that first spot in the song yes. w- that has like that big crash. And I, I hit, and, and I always hit an, an, an open E on that note, and I, I hit it, and my string just goes, blah.
1: Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, on a, on a, on a so, guitar, yeah. it's a little easier to get away with, like, faking it, missing one string, but on a bass, especially if it's, like, the high E string.
0: Mm-hmm. No, the the low It was the E the yeah. string. string. Okay, yeah, yeah the, On the bass, it was it was the biggest string on the The top. most
1: played yeah, string probably on the a most bass, bass, probably. bass string.
0: But let's
2: also pause for a moment to just talk about like you just bass
0: strings don't how break. How often do you don't, break, you don't break, a bass break a bass string? You, you, but you, somehow you. you broke a bass string. Yeah, and and more than once actually yeah. on uh, that same song. On that same song. Yeah. So so my string breaks. And uh, I, I don't recall if we actually finished the song or if I had stopped you guys. I think I tried to finish the song yeah, without having, like, several key notes.
1: <laughs> it sounded like crap. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so after the song, I... Uh, you know, we were like, "What are we gonna do?" Because we didn't have any strings to replace the broken string. Because who th-
1: brings extra bass? Yeah, yeah.
0: Very, yeah. nor an extra and, bass and, maybe guitar. Maybe professionals. And so we, we we were like, "Where are the band of orcs? Can we borrow your bass?" And, <laughs> and so they they were in this room off to the side of of the arcade. Like it was like their break room or something. And they were just like in there getting their makeup and stuff ready. And like we asked a couple times, and, and the people finally pointed us over there. And so we look, and this giant arm with like, spikes and whatever, like, reaches out the door holding this big-ass
1: bass. Six-string yeah, bass. Yeah, it's, like,
0: shaped like a battle axe yeah. or something.
1: <laughs> oh, man. And we were
0: like, okay. So we grab this bass and we go and bring it up and yeah. start to play it. And, and luckily for me, I think I was playing bass on the next
2: song. <laughs> like, the next song I'm playing bass. So there's, they hand me this bass that's, like, twice the size of my body. Yeah. And it's got an extra string on it, which I'd never even heard of. Like, yeah. I, I don't like, I'm <laughs> it, not. It is so confusing. And and, and, <laughs> and there, like three people are trying to explain to me what this means, what this extra string means, because <laughs> I'm just thinking like, oh, you know, maybe it's the top string and I just I don't even have to play that top string and I'll, I just play it like normal and ignore that that highest string. And they're like, no, it's the lower string that that is the extra string and it's a different note or it's a different yeah you know, and I'm like what and so <laughs> like well you know just don't play the first string and I'm like that's super confusing right. oh my god that's so confusing well, like,
0: and, and it was confusing for all of us every one of us had to play that bass on at least one song Oh, and, and it was like wait wait which which string do I play <laughs>
1: Because all instincts just oh. go out the window because you have like such muscle memory yeah, yeah. for songs and then you're like wait no I got to play the second string down not the top string no 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 no
0: and uh, I I got home from that show that night and normally coming home from a show even even when I used to even when we used to, the, the, the 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 all the bars in Indianapolis you, they've banned smoking several years ago mm-hmm. but even before that when I would play at a bar here in town and I would leave the bar and I would I would stink like smoke and whatever Mm -hmm. from the bar. Like even then I would go home and I just you know, throw my clothes on the laundry (laughs) and go to bed and shower the next day. But coming home from this (laughs) show it was like three in the morning when I got home I walked in my house, went straight, <laughs> like, I walked in the side door, and the basement door was right there, so I go straight down the basement to the the, the washer and dryer, take everything off, mm-hmm. including my shoes,
1: and yeah. put
0: them in the washer.
1: I did the exact same thing?
0: Then I go upstairs, and I get in the shower, and I, I like, shampooed three times, mm-hmm. like, and... I still smelled it on me, like even after that. Because it's, it's like it, it's 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 the it,
1: type of smell that yeah. would get stuck in your yeah. nostrils. And it
0: was it was in my car for like two weeks. Mm. Oh
1: yeah, my, the Absolutely. inside of
2: my car smelled like hot garbage for like two weeks. There was mm. there was nothing to be done about it. Yeah. I'm surprised it ever went away, but it did. It, it eventually went away, or I just got used to it. I don't
0: know which. So the Galileo Seven. <laughs> you got anything else on your notes? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about everything except for. Uh, the awesome music video, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh... Okay, so... It was the very first music video we yeah, it, it ever did. it was our first music video. First
1: live-action music live video. Live-action yeah. music yeah. video.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we had put out several... Clips ep- of episodes. Episode as videos, videos for... I mean, we put out basically all of them for year one. Yeah. And two. And and we did all of them for year two. And maybe three. Most of them for three. Yeah. I, just, yeah, I think so. I think we kind of gave up around there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um So... <laughs> uh, So, you know, we get this opportunity, a a friend, a friend of ours and a fan of the band, uh, Joy Hernandez, offered to film and edit this video for us. And uh, she had a pretty like a pretty much a vision of what she wanted and and, like asked us for our input and our ideas. So we, we we all meet down here in Fountain Square and just m- kind of make this video up on the spot, yeah. And and we're running all over Fountain Square in
1: full uniform.
0: In full uniform, and it was it was hot. It was the middle of summer. It was yeah. it was it was pretty hot. But um, those were our old uniforms. And so. Old uniforms, yeah, yeah. They weren't
1: our almost one hundred percent polyester. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and I, I remember the first scene in the video is us on the the fountain in Fountain Square, and they had just built this thing like the year before. And it has these weird rock, like broken rock formations on it. And so we like imitate beaming in and we're like climbing on these rocks and it was just... And there's there's traffic that runs yeah. really <laughs> close
2: on either side of On it. all three sides. On all three, yeah. It's actually it's like a, a triangular island in the middle of traffic.
0: So the uh, uh, the idea of the video is we, we beam in and we, we kind of run around and explore the neighborhood. And then... Uh, we run into a mugatu well no first
1: <laughs> Jennifer Chris's wife guy got, got kidnapped oh right right by right by the right. the weird mugatu-esque creature yeah
0: yeah, yeah he he was cuz he was wearing like an ape outfit with but a just with,
1: like a unicorn horn
0: with a horn attached to it <laughs> uh, and uh so well, is that the first mugatu or the second one cuz well, it was, it was that, two that, people yeah right? that was that was the first one so there was a guy who <laughs> volunteered to to be in the video and he brought the costume. Yeah, he was
1: like he was he was like a who known around town as like a cosplayer. Yeah. And he yeah. could toss together some like original things too. And
0: he, he was he was older and a much larger person. So yeah. he he ran out of juice really quick.
2: It was hot. It, was, hot. Hot. it,
0: was, it was it was very hot. But but by the end of the evening he was I mean we were very concerned about <laughs> him. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Jason Bamberry from, from, the, Yavin from 4. the Yavin Four before the Yavin Four existed. Right, uh, I forgot that was he, who was he, a,
1: Who also in the video is the guy that's he, in, the, in the Darth Vader yeah, mask? Yeah,
0: he, he showed up and wearing Darth Vader to be in the video. And so he volunteered to be the Mugatu. And I'm so glad he did because the end of the the video is us fighting the Mugatu. And it's like a wrestling match type thing where we're all like going in and trying to attack him and he like
1: beats us up. I punched him in the balls. I
0: I can't imagine how arena like that scene would be in the video if the other guy had played the Mugatu for the entire time. Yeah. Um, Not not that it wasn't horrible all, all the way through. (laughs) <laughs> but it, that, was, that was a very uh, interesting
1: first video to make. My, f- my favorite thing about the making of that video is that Joy, at the time, still actually uh, works for a news station. And all the cameras that we used to shoot that video were all news cameras. Yes. And she actually drove to other locations in the news van.
0: Yeah, at the time she was their, one of their main camera people. And now I think she is a producer,
1: and she, you can hear her on the local NPR affiliate doing stories now and then.
0: Yeah, she still loves to do camera work, and murals. What What was your memory of that video, Noah?
1: <sighs> I was it Patrick falling.
2: <laughs> I forgot. That Don't was know. that was pretty funny for sure. Except
1: uh, when he actually was hurt.
2: Well, I, I I just find like going back and watching it now. Um, I mean, clearly. It was our first video and we were just
0: making things up on the spot and it was, yeah. you know, and it's pretty silly. I, I, I remember Noah showing up to the video shoot with a freshly buzzed head. And um, I was like, yeah. what did you do yeah. to your hair? Yeah. If you watch it's, that video, his hair is so short. It's, it's, yeah. it's summer, man. Fresh, it's summer, man. It's hot. Um, but I,
2: I guess watching it now, like I, I just look back and it's. What's great to see is all of these people, even Bamberry, which I completely forgot about, yeah. was part of it. But, like, I see people um, like, uh, is it Jesse and Gabby? These yeah. like old People that
1: we, hadn't seen, we ha- people haven't seen that for years now. People that we haven't now. seen
2: in 10 years or, you know, a long, long time um, who, were, who were fans at the time and were in the video. It's just fun to see. Those people like seeing Wayne. I forgot Wayne was in it. You know, um,
1: he ate my ice cream. He in ate that your video. ice cream.
2: Yeah. It's it's fun to see all uh, all these friends and and fans who were who were there and part of it at the time. It's
0: it's that's that's fairly heartwarming. Seeing the seen
1: the two people in the window at the barbecue place across the street, like <laughs> taking taking pictures on their phones of us. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that that was really the first time that we like walked around town in full uniform. Yeah. And, I mean, we were we were a new band at the time still. I mean, we'd only Ish, been around yeah. for, like, a year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even now, like, n- I'm not saying that everyone in town knows who we are, but a lot more people have heard of us and know who we are. Yeah, right. And at that time, like, we just looked like a bunch of crazy people walking around in Star Trek yeah. costumes.
1: Running around the neighborhood, jumping off of things and climbing and, and that things.
2: that was before Fountain Square quite it kind it blew of blew up like up it, up it did like it right, does right now. now. Now that wouldn't be... Unheard of to see people in crazy costumes running all over the place doing yeah. whatever. Like, that's just a being st- filmed. At that's that. just a standard Tuesday night. in right. Fountain Square. <laughs>
1: pretty much.
2: Tell us these weird factoids that you found about the episode, Andy.
1: Yeah. These, of course, are just on IMDb. So it's like common knowledge. But first factoid that I thought that was pretty interesting, but I guess probably was commonplace back in the day. The shuttlecraft was built by AMT, the model company, mm-hmm. in exchange for them gaining the rights to make the plastic model kit version.
0: Which which they ah. made. They, they were the only company to make models of Star Trek for,
1: yeah. for like
0: 30 years. Mm-hmm. I think finally in the 90s, they gave up the their contract or whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, after this episode was filmed, no new shots of the shuttlecraft miniature were taken, uh, and every shuttlecraft model shots used in the series were stock footage from this episode.
0: You know, which reminds me of, uh, of another th- little factoid. I don't know if it's on your list, but the the story of what happened with the Galileo uh, shuttlecraft.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Actual um, the prop. The actual prop, yeah. It, that story is really interesting and kind of a- almost sad in some points, but it's kind of like... It, you know, has a happy ending. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the shuttlecraft, like, one of the NBC executives or whatever, like, and when the show was over, they, they took it home right. and put it in their yard for their kids to play in, and it was, like, a clubhouse, and it was there for, <laughs> like, 20 years or something, like, through all the weather and everything. And then finally, like, it was shipped off to, like, a junkyard, and someone else found it there and, like, moved it to another location. And then finally, like, 10 or 15 years ago, somebody tracked it down.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't they get it from, like, from, like satellite photos? They, like, spotted on, like, they, Google they Earth found or something? It,
0: they, they found it in a junkyard uh, on with satellite. Yeah, with Google satellite. Really? Mm-hmm. And they were, like... You know, so they tracked it down. They bought it from the junkyard or whatever. Took it home, and completely like refinished it, like p- put it back in original condition. And now they tour it around to various places, like right. like conventions and stuff. Like that, that, that's just a, a, an amazing story to me, like of what happened with that prop, like. It's just very, you know, it's just, it's crazy what it went through and that it still exists. That
2: is, yeah, especially that it still exists.
1: All right, what's your next fact, Andy? Yeah, the guy that played the giant ape-like creature, his name was Robert Big Buck Maffey.
0: <laughs>
1: and he was, he was only, he, I like the, I say only before this, he was only, set, he was only seven foot one. But they had to they had to make him look bigger by like making those <laughs> only giant shields and the giant spears and everything.
0: Only seven foot one. Yeah, I love how how like he he throws the spear and then they cut to the scene of them, you know, standing in front of the Galileo and like this other gigantic looking spear that doesn't even match the nope. other prop. It's like so like cheap looking. Just like flops in, and it like looks like a rubber.
1: We throw another spear. We're out of spears. I'll just glue this paper plate to this broomstick. It's fine. We we just talked about how we made those uh,
0: the epi- the um the show videos with like the scenes from the episodes. Yeah,
1: the clips. Yeah. And,
0: and I remember like Noah made uh, one for Galileo Seven, mm-hmm. and I was blown away by his video for it because his editing like went so well with the music. And my favorite thing in the whole video is uh, the thing that you were talking about earlier, Andy, where Scotty's putting that wrench on the battery and getting the sparks.
1: I <laughs> forgot how much I love that scene, <laughs> and, and where, he's Noah, like, where he's like el- electrifying the outer shell.
0: In, in Noah's video, in, in the spots in the song where we stop, uh-huh. you know, with the counts, uh, one of the spots, Scotty's doing the spark and it like freezes for that and it, it was just so cool looking i was like oh man now now i have to up my video game too <laughs> i was all about getting you guys to up up your games yeah and then i then
1: there was a, a bar leveler but i
0: don't think i do that anymore do i <laughs> and, and and then you wrote that Tribble song and then there was no <laughs> challenge was all, it was anymore a, it was all downhill from yeah. there yeah it was like oh, yeah, uh, oh we don't have to oh, work that hard yeah all right you got a you got a good uh Review of Galileo Seven there now. Well, I don't know, um, but it does start. I was disappointed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mostly, I just find the writing weak. Specifically, I find everyone behaving out of character. Their actions defy reason. If anyone thinks for two seconds about anything they do, you realize that in a real situation, almost nobody would act this way. Colon. Some examples. Colon. <laughs> Boma and the other landing party insisting on having a funeral while a 10-foot bloodthirsty caveman is practically destroying the ship. During times of crisis in human history, we've heard of numerous cases of people not only abandoning all tradition when faced with death, but going so far as to resort to cannibalism to survive, yet this crew is up to arms when Spock suggests that they can't have full funeral service and burial. 2. The landing party is far too quick to turn on Spock. It is pointed out that some have to be left behind in order for the ship to take off. Parentheses. Not enough fuel to support the full weight of the whole crew. It seems obvious uh, to suggest some stay behind. Would you rather everyone
3: die?
1: Yes.
2: Yet they immediately jump on Spock for suggesting the obvious. Three. Oh, now's your big chance, Spock. McCoy says sarcastically. You always thought logic was the best basis on which to build command. Already busting his chops, and he's just trying to repair the ship. Why? They are immediately out to get him. I don't really think people would behave this way and would more likely at least attempt to stick together. Let's not forget that they have already been on so many missions together. Would they not have at least a small amount of sympathy for each other? Instead, they are immediately at each other's throats. The pattern of unreasonable behavior to spot continues through the episode. That's true. Four. When the ship finally does reach orbit, everyone takes potshots at Spock again. I find it poor writing that they wouldn't have at least one character be sympathetic to Spock. It would have made for more believability and more realism. Instead, everyone seems to have the same opinion. I mean, couldn't they have had the yeoman stick up for him a little bit? Five. Eventually, Spock does have the day, t- save the day twice, and ultimately makes a decision that leads to their rescue. Do they apologize for being total assholes to Spock throughout the journey and show some gratitude for the difficult decision he had to make? No. The episode ends with everyone laughing at him, not just a few chuckles. Literally, the whole crew is doubled over in the most phony and forced laughter that I have ever witnessed. Not only is this the pinnacle of cheese, but it just makes no sense. Of course, it does make for great comedy to see such a poorly executed finale. All right, I've vented enough. (laughs) It was still fun, but man, I cannot get why anyone would give this episode anything more than a six out of ten. This person gave it a five. If all Star Trek (laughs) episodes were this frustrating, I definitely wouldn't have bought the season on DVD. Luckily, many episodes are much more entertaining.
1: (laughs) Speaking of many episodes being much more entertaining, that is going to wrap up episode three of Five-Year Mission, the podcast. I've been Andy Fark. That over there is Noah Butler, who wrote this song we talked about all night, which you'll hear at the end of the episode. And over there is Mike Rittenhouse, who I just pointed at when I said you'll hear this song at the end of the episode so he can edit that in. Sup? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys next time.
0: for listening to this episode of Five Your Mission, the podcast. If any of you are interested in listening to more of our music, you can check us out on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission and we should be the first thing that comes up. If you would like to contact us in regards to the
1: podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about, you can email us at fiveyearmissionband at gmail.com. And for more information about the band, you can go to fiveyearmission.net and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Fansets.com is your home for all things Star Trek pin-related, including pin releases from DC, Harry Potter, and Firefly. You're bound to find something you'll like in the nearly 200 pins. Fansets is currently offering a super limited amount of Brent Spiner and Doug Jones autographed pins. These are almost sold out, and these are also not machine-replicated, and both come with a certificate of authenticity. Also, brand spanking new this month, new pins featuring Captain Janeway, Luther Sloan, Major Harris, the Mako logo from Enterprise, Travis Mayweather, Commander Non, and Michael Burnham. And as an added bonus, listeners can get 15% off their entire order at Fancest.com through our special discount code. Simply enter the word NOG at checkout, all caps, N-O-G, NOG, in honor of Mr. Aaron Eisenberg. Fansets. We are Star Trek, and we thank Fansets for sponsoring this week's episode. Next five-year mission, the podcast, join us as myself, Bark, Mike, and Chris all play a little game of icebreakers, the classic party game. We'll each be picking some questions, learning a little more about each other. Some ask to do a Star Trek, some don't. You're going to listen to us and learn some weird, weird things. Stay tuned.